0: Even Elizabeth, your relative, who is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her.
1: Thank you, Ashley, for bringing that uh, scripture to us. And I know that uh, for probably most of us, that uh, scripture is familiar, and of course the story is familiar. And... uh, Unlike uh, many of the stories in the Bible, this, uh, this season gives us a reason every year to make sure that, uh, that we have a chance to, to hear that story again and listen to it. And as we think about uh, those words that were given to Mary by the angel Gabriel and, and her response to it today, um, I want to, uh, to read you uh, some words, uh, the notes from my study Bible, uh, on a couple of those verses that I read this week and if you don't have a study Bible I recommend that you get one. Um, that, uh, that you have something that helps give you some read the scripture first before you read the notes but something that gives you just a little insight here and there that can help us greater understand. You don't necessarily have to get one this big. Um, this is a large print uh, study Bible but I don't know exactly what uh, the publishers mean by large because I still have to use glasses to read it. What is, what is going on with that? It's also, uh, this one is so large, if you did want to get one, I, I think this might be able to stop a bullet if, uh, if somebody uh, tried to take that out on me. These words, it said this, uh, the study notes regarding a couple of verses here. Mary was young, poor, and female. All characteristics that to people of her day would make her seem unusable by God for any major task. But God chose Mary for one of the most important acts of obedience He has ever demanded of anyone. You may feel that your ability, experience, or education makes you an unlikely candidate for God's service, but don't limit God's choices. He can use you if you trust Him. The greatest news, the greatest news ever, the absolute greatest news to ever come to anyone, the greatest news ever to come to the whole world comes to the humblest of people. We see that in this young girl named Mary. The greatest news ever that God is coming to earth comes first. To the humblest of people. What do we learn from that? What do we learn from that? Is there anything new for us here? I think what we can learn from this is that the true revelation of Christmas, the true revelation of Christmas is not received by the proud and self sufficient. The true revelation of Christmas is not received by the proud and self-sufficient. Another way to say that would be this. The true revelation of Christ. The true revelation of Jesus Christ is not received by the proud and self-sufficient. The whole deal, the, the incarnation, the big word meaning God becoming man, God taking on flesh. The incarnation, salvation through the cross eternal life through the resurrection, the sending and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of God into the lives of believers, and the promise of Christ's triumphant return, the gospel, the true revelation of Christ, is not received by the proud and the self-sufficient. If you feel that you're so wise, if you feel that you're so smart, if you feel that you are so strong, So good on your own that you just don't see the need for all this. You're not going to receive it. Even even though deep down in your soul, in your heart, deep down inside of you, there is a longing, a looking for true meaning and significance but if you're proud and self-sufficient, you're not going to receive it. The angel said to Mary, you will name him Jesus. It's not a stretch at all for, for, for us to paraphrase that, to say, you're going to give your son the name of salvation. Salvation is what you're going to call your son. What everyone is looking for, what everyone around you is praying for, is going to come through you, the angel said to Mary. Salvation, he said. Mary, you're a part of the plan of salvation. God's saving power coming into the world. The thing is, is that the same is true for us. God looks at at everybody in this room today. Everybody who is trusting in Him, who has believed in Him, who is seeking to follow Him, and everyone that He's still seeking after to do the same. He looks at us and says, you're a part of the plan of salvation. That My plan is for you to be someone through whom salvation comes. God said to Mary, I'm I'm putting salvation in in your hands, in, in your arms, Mary. Jesus, at the, at the end of His earthly life, said to His disciples, and by saying it to His disciples, He said it to us, You are my witnesses. You carry salvation with you. Last week, uh, last week we talked briefly about... Uh, well, we, I talked briefly about uh, what we uh, speak into our children's lives. And uh, thinking about that this week, I was reminded of uh, uh, at Thanksgiving time, uh, in the middle of the week, Julie and I flew up uh, to Ohio to uh, see our daughter, Jana, and her husband, Zach, and uh, their dog, Roscoe. Uh, you're going to see Roscoe whether you want to or not. He, he gets right there. We were flying up there to see them, and we are in the airport here in Houston, getting ready to leave. And um, Julie encountered um, a mother in the, the restroom, and then the rest of us getting on that flight encountered her out in the, the waiting area, the gate area for the plane. A young mother who was very frustrated um, with her little boy. Highly frustrated. He was uh, struggling to sit still, as a lot of little boys do. And evidently, by what she was saying to him, we gathered that he hadn't totally grasped the whole potty training thing. He just hadn't got it together yet. It, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't all coming together the way she wanted it to. And her answer to this situation was to yell. It was to shake and to degrade in front of a host of people her little boy. You're not a big boy, are you? You don't want to do what the other kids do. You're not being good for mommy. You're, you're not. She was and this for all to hear. And amazingly, instead of responding, I see your point, mother. <laughs> the little guy just began to sob and cry Julie and I just looked at each other and shook our heads and and I think both of us probably prayed for the little guy I thought of the contrast of that of a young mother that I had seen on a previous flight a few months ago her son was was on the plane with us and And he was beginning to cry, and I don't know whether it was the change in the air pressure or just the unfamiliar surroundings or, or just what it was. But as her son began to cry, instead of beginning to talk to him as if he was intentionally trying to ruin her day, this young mother just took her little boy and pulled him in close and put her hand on his head and pulled it into her chest and began to sing quietly in her son's ear until pretty soon he was comfortably asleep God took a big risk in um, putting salvation into the hands of a teenage girl but he knew by his grace that his plan could be accomplished through her wasn't gonna be easy though not easily we do get very sentimental during this season and we put a lot of our sentimentality on on onto Mary and the other characters in this Christmas story but this wasn't gonna be easy for her Mary in fact responded to the angel as Ashley read saying how can this be how can this be Lord I'm a virgin the, the literal from the Greek would be this, a man I have known not. God, how in the world are you going to do this? God, how are you going to do this? Let me give a little just background and, and teaching uh, moment for us this morning. I want us to again understand, some of you have heard some of these things before, but... You understand that the situation that Mary was in, a teenage girl, she is betrothed. She is engaged is the the term we would use in our culture. But in Mary and Joseph's day, that that whole setup's a little different than it is here in our 21st century America. The initial phase of betrothal would, would be this. There's an agreement that's been come to between Mary and Joseph's family, which then is between Mary and Joseph. Typically, there's been a lot of arrangement going on here. A bridal price has been paid. Joseph, and, and uh, perhaps with, a, with the help of his family, has, has paid some kind of price to the family of Mary. She is now a bride-to-be who is betrothed, which legally she could already be called Joseph's wife. She belongs to him. But they are still without the full privileges, full relations of marriage. She's going to remain with her parents for probably about a year's time until the wedding day comes, and then Joseph can take his bride home. Mary had not shared a bed with Joseph. Something that in our culture is just becoming almost unheard of they had not shared a bed together they had not slept together as we say it and now she's going to conceive a son a child how how can this happen and even beyond that why why which which makes me wanna just spend a couple of minutes talking to you about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ why is this important why is this a central belief of true Christianity all over the world why is it placed into the the creeds that are held in common by millions of Christians why is it essential that we hold on to and, and believe the scriptures when it tells us that Jesus was born from a virgin It's because of this it means that God Became man not man became God and my friends I don't know if you realize it but there's a huge difference God became one of us one of us didn't earn or work his way into becoming a God it's very important to understand that Jesus did not work or earn his way from a human being to a deity and then say to you and me now you go and try to do the same you see if you can be good enough you see if you can be perfect enough you see if you can earn your way to becoming a God the way I did it that's not what happened that's not what we believe John's gospel John's Gospel, the the first chapter, uh, says it so well. I just want to read you some of those verses and remind you. It says this, "...in the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created." And his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of God's unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The virgin birth says God reaches down to us, not like every other religion which is trying to reach up to God or the gods. I also want to want to make a a clarification um, or a related point. Um, and I don't know if anybody's been thinking about this today, perhaps not, but just somewhere along the lines in the stuff that we hear and and is is in the the culture and the church world and all of those things—a clarification: the virgin birth should not be confused with the immaculate conception. If that's a phrase that you've heard, the immaculate conception—and it's out—it is definitely out there in the culture and in our religious uh, lit, religious world. The immaculate conception is not speaking of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. It is speaking of the conception of Mary, His mother. Not her conceiving a child, but when she herself was conceived. Are you confused? I'm talking about Mary's birth, not the birth of Jesus. That's what the Immaculate Conception is talking about. And it's a teaching that says Mary herself was conceived without original sin. Instead of just being revered and honored and considered a role model... For her obedience to God's call, like we all should, revere and honor, and it's okay to say she's the, the blessed virgin. But this teaching says she should be worshipped, that she herself has a, a status of deity, not equal to God, but between somewhere between us and God. We don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. We believe that Jesus was born to a virgin, but Mary was every bit as human in body and her spiritual nature, just as we are. And when the angel said to her, Mary, you have found favor with God, the favor was God's. The favor was God's grace on her, not what Mary had earned and worked up in order to be given this role which would be just another way of us reaching up and earning our way to God instead of God reaching down to us I don't know if you needed that teaching or not but I felt like I needed to say it today and now we come back to this question we come back to this question God how are you going to do this how are you going to accomplish this plan of salvation? How am I going to conceive a son? How is salvation going to come through me when I'm a virgin? When what's necessary to make a child happen hasn't happened? How are you going to bring salvation through me? Which is also a very relevant question for all of us to ask. God, how are you going to bring Salvation. How are you going to bring about your plan of loving and blessing and reaching the world through somebody like me? The angel's answer really helps us here. The angel's answer in, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, he responded this way to her question, how will this be? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even your relative Elizabeth is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. And then he said this, For nothing is impossible with God. The answer to the question, how can this be? God, how are you going to do this? Is God's presence. God's presence brings His possibilities. His possibilities. When He's in the situation, when He's there, when His Spirit is real and present, not only for Mary, but in our lives, when we open up and invite that presence and want it and ask for it and respond to it, it brings about His possibilities. There's so many things in our lives, so many things that, that should be, things that, that God wants for us, and certainly things that God wants from us, and, and things that, that, that in our hearts we would like to see happen, but, but so often we just, we just don't see how it's possible. I just don't see how it can happen. God, how how can this be? I mean, I'm I'm not this, God, I don't have this. God, there's no way. I mean, it's just do you not see the obstacles? Do you not see the hurdles? Do you not see all that's between me and what you're asking and what you're saying is there for me. God, how's this gonna happen? I don't see how it's possible. But God's presence brings His possibilities. That's the big revelation that I want us to catch this morning. Now, what about our response to this? The the story tells us that initially Mary's pretty troubled um, at the words and at the appearance of the angel. Um which I think any of us, if we're honest, would be. I mean, you, you, see, you see somebody who stands daily in the presence of God, and I don't know what all that would be that he would bring with him, but there's, there's Gabriel and speaking to this young girl who I'm telling you was living in an unimportant place at the time, who didn't have any, any great status herself. The whole line of David thing for the Messiah, that's through her husband's family, not hers. but God shows up and speaks to her and through his presence brings his possibilities and Mary even though she's initially troubled and she's not sure what all this will mean and if there's something God's asking of you today directly through his word that you're not following or something he's revealed to you through his Holy Spirit that you know he's calling you to do and you're resisting it because you're just not sure what all that would mean what it would look like mary sure didn't know everything it was gonna bring and even though she's initially troubled and she's not sure what all this will mean i want you to see her final response that day to the revelation of god it's in verse thirty eight of luke chapter one she said i am the lord's servant May it be to me as you have said. She said, well, may it be so. Let it be like you have said. I'm asking you this morning, have you fully said that to God's revelation to you? have you fully said I am your servant may it happen according to your plan that's very different from us saying Lord serve me and bless me and do what I want you to do so I can have the things I want to have and let that be it's a very different thing to say Lord I am your servant. May it be according to your word, according to your will, according to your power, according to your grace. May it be for me as you have said. May my life go in the direction that you're calling, that you're leading. May, may my life go as you intend it to go. May, may it happen in me according to your will. Mary was saying, as we should, Lord, let my life, even though I don't understand what all this means right now, I don't know everything that's ahead. There's a lot of questions I have. But Lord, may my life be used according to your plans and your purposes, your redemptive plans and purposes. I'm here. I'm your servant do what you will and I think it's also important today that we think about how we might say that not that we would just say to the Lord may it be so according to your plan and your will but how we say it do we say it with gritted teeth with resistance like I know this is the right thing I know this is the Christian thing to do and so God, oh, your will be done. You think that's what God's going for? And do you think he goes, oh, good, great. And neither do, neither do I s- see Mary saying it in some sort of funeral tone of, of resignation. I am your servant. May it be according to your will, as you say I'm giving up so much. I've got such great and wonderful plans and I I know how to make it all happen and I can just do things on my own, but may it be according to your. I'm your servant. No. the tone that I gather from the Scripture and later in Luke chapter 1 in Mary's song that she sings, the tone that I gather is one of joy and even expectancy. Lord, I am your servant. May it be to me, as you have said. Lord, I thank you today for your presence uh, with us here. I thank you for this uh, incredible story that is true and real and, and alive to us. That um, when we say, oh come, let us adore him, we're not uh, just talking about someone that we admire for personality and characteristics and physical attributes, but instead we are talking about giving praise and honor and adoration to one who has come to us. Who become like us in every way, who faced every temptation even to a greater degree than any of us ever have, who was beaten, mocked, ridiculed, tortured, crucified, in our behalf to show us the love and forgiveness of God and to make it possible for us to, to, to know God in a, in a way that was meant from creation. And Lord, this Christmas story, the fact that you became one of us and yet, and yet you were so fully obedient to your heavenly Father's will and you gave yourself up for us. And now you have risen from the dead and are reigning and ruling. And you've made your presence known in your church through your Holy Spirit and in, the, in our lives as we open up to you. And you're calling us today to be the ones through whom your salvation will go out to the world. And so, Lord, I would ask today that whatever it is that we need to lay down before you, whatever there is that we need to confess and repent of, whatever it is that that we would be holding on to today that would hinder us and keep us from being your true servant and the one through whom your salvation would go out to those around us, I pray, Lord, today we would lay it down and we would say your will, not mine. May it be according to your word and your will, O Lord. I'm your servant. Jesus, I thank you for everyone here. I pray that you'll just continue to speak into our hearts and lives and you will move and motivate us and call us out of complacency Call us us out of selfishness. Call us out of indifference. Call us out of just religion. And call us to be your true servants. And may your will be done through us. And those who come today humbly before the Lord, not self-proud or self-sufficient, said... Amen. Amen.